Hello there, and welcome to A Matter of Perception, my podcast in which I bring on people who I find interesting in my life, and I think that you will enjoy listening to, hearing their stories, hearing their inspirations, what they hope to achieve in life, and what they already have achieved in life. That's essentially my goal, is just to put out in front of people who listen to this interesting and unique characters. And today's character, uh, aka guest, <laughs> is no different. Her name is Sierra Logan. And we met a few years back, I want to say the beginning of 2018, maybe the end of 2017, when she cast me in one of her one-act plays. And uh, since then, we I followed her on Facebook and kept up with her uh, here and there. We haven't hung out in like since that play because we just both our lives went in two different directions but we both love theater we love to act and Sierra loves more than that she also loves to direct as well and so you're going to hear all about that in this episode we're going to cover a, a whole range of different things we even get into Scientology a little bit and uh, and Sierra talks about uh, people who inspire her in her life and uh, we just have a really great, pleasant conversation. And it was really great getting to sit down and, and see Sierra again and to catch up with her officially uh, more than just, you know, checking on, on social media and seeing what she's up to. She's a really smart, ambitious, funny, and easygoing person. And so it was just a very, very enjoyable night in my life. And so I want to share that with you, and I hope that you listen and that you enjoy it yourself and get just as much out of it as I did. Big thank you to Sierra for coming over and lending me your your time and and being so open to have a nice conversation. And also, a big thank you, I, I want to make sure I'm bringing this up every few episodes, big thank you to Johnny Tucker, a.k.a. J. Tuck, a.k.a. the Dark Clark Kent, the man who provides the music for my podcasts. I really appreciate you. So if you love his music, if you love the music that you hear on this podcast, please go check him out. He puts out great content. And if you need music of your own for anything that you do, please consider him. So anyway, there is my thank yous to give out. Thank you as well to listening to this episode. And let's get started. Yeah. And I fought my depression. Now I just keep it all cool, calm, and collected. I just started relaxing and I stopped all the stressing. Now I keep it cool, calm, and collected. Sometimes it feels like nowhere's where I'm headed. Still keep it cool, calm, and collected. But if you're talking about the craft, man, it's still not perfected. But I keep it cool, calm. <laughs> Welcome, Sierra. Hello, Dalton. It's nice to see you again. Thank you. You as well. It's been a couple years now, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it has officially. The last time we saw each other, that was like at New Dawn Theater, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And we were actually doing um, just the director showcase. And that was my, I believe, my first time ever directing. And it was nerve wracking. I'm not even going to lie because yeah. I've always been on stage and I've never been like the one behind the scenes, you know, directing people with everything. So it was very new to me. And meeting you, I was just like, it's something about his voice that I absolutely love. It's like Chris Hemsworth if he had like an American accent. You did say that. I did. You, you genuinely feel I that did. way. You remember this for t after two years. Verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that. I appreciate that. That's. Uh... <laughs> Too bad I can't have like his career and his height and, and like extremely good looks, but that's okay. <laughs> Look, as long as you're here, you're breathing, you're winning. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, <laughs> yes. especially after the year that we just went through. Woo! How did you spend 2020? Like, what did you pick up any uh, like habits, or did you find something that you love, or get rid of some things in your life? 
Um, I definitely tried to get rid of just a lot of negativity in my life. Yeah, ne- I get that. Right, a lot of negative thinking, try to be more spiritual with myself and just, you know, because everything is with me now is about vibrations and your chakras and making sure they're okay. And then I tried doing that. I tried praying a lot more. It would work, and then it, would di- it didn't work. So I guess it was just the trying to find the consistency of really doing it and making sure that I'm practicing that. Mm-hmm. I had a job that I was with for maybe a couple of months or so, but it just seemed like just the company itself just did not fit me. So I recently resigned from them before, you know, 2020 was over. And pretty much it was home, you know, school, work when I was working. And now it's just really, you know, just trying to find myself. I'm going to be 30 this year. So I'm kind of excited. I'm just like all <laughs> over the place this year. <laughs> it's uh, Then it's going to be an interesting year for you because I just turned 30. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, the beginning of December. Okay. About a, a, a little over a month ago now. So. Okay. Yeah, that those last probably the last month leading up to it had me like really I was in such a weird mental like mm-hmm. place. You know, I was I was uh staying with my parents at that time mm-hmm. and so and I was hanging out with them and, and talking with them and, and but I was spending a lot of time alone as well, upstairs in my old room. Yeah. And just like trying to think about I just, I was having all these thoughts of like what am I gonna do with the rest of my life? All of a sudden <laughs> Yeah, like nothing really changes the right. day you know, the day after your birth your thirtieth, but it's a big number. It is. Yeah, you're no longer in your 20s and you're like officially an adult, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's at least how I was looking at it. And I was I was getting really like anxious because I didn't, I, I, I knew that like I would need to, all right, I guess I wanted to work harder and, yeah. and do more and make something of my life because now it's quite obvious that youth is not, not you know, it's not infinite. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, are you having any of those thoughts? Um... I think more so it's just coming to the realization of just who I am as a person and as a woman. It's more so just coming into my own and, you know, really being confident in who I am and just being comfortable in my own skin. Because in the way, you know, the times are right now, it's really hard for people like myself to just be themselves without being, you know, judged or second-guessed or anything like that. So I'm just really trying to understand that you're just fine who you are. And it took me my entire, from the time I hit my teen years all the way up until 29, I was just like, I have no idea who I am. I'm like so lost. And it's just like when I and I told myself, when you hit your 30s, don't make it a time limit. Just come into your own and just 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 freaking use it. Just be okay with it. It's okay to feel, you know, those, you know, secondary thoughts of insecurity. Everybody has insecurities, but don't be so don't let that harbor just your progression as a person. And that's been my struggle pretty much all of my 20s. Just not, you know, being comfortable with myself and just really understanding, Sierra, you're just fine who you are. Mm. Just want that crap. I mean, it's okay. You're <laughs> not going to be okay all the time, but it's okay. It's like the societal pressures. You yeah. Think? Do you think that you put them on yourself? Um, I mean, I think that's obvious. We all put have certain pressures we put on ourselves, but is it society that has made you feel that you have to be something that you feel you're not? Um, I think more so it's, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's within my own community. It's with society. And then because I want to be an actress, it's just like that pressure as well because of how they view us. They see us one way or two ways. It's just like, but we're way more than that. We're like, we're, we're like a whole rainbow of things. You can't just (laughs) put us in a box. I mean, that's no fun. You put me in a box and it's just like, I'm so limited. But when you allow me to just express myself healthfully and just, you know, being okay with who I am, it makes the conversation, it, it makes, you know, society a little bit more easier to navigate through. And I think this year of 2020 really showed the world that, you know, people in my community, we, we've been dealing with this for so long. 
just let us be who we are. We're not asking for a whole bunch of stuff. You give us little tokenisms here and there, but we want the same things that you do. We want to have our families. We want to make a living. You know, we want the American dream as well. But, I mean, you know, little milestones here and there are coming along. So I guess we can, you know, just take what we have and see how the progression goes from there. Hopefully 2021 comes with something better. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> it's like becoming a thing where everyone's saying, "Well, no, I mean, it's just it's just going to be more of 2020." Right. And I don't I don't see it that way. I don't. I I I I'd like to think that we're all going to have more hope yeah. this year. And just yeah. be so glad that last year's gone. <laughs> it was such a rough year. Oh man. You know, and and the biggest thing that I've uh, the biggest issue I've had for me personally and mentally mm. that I've struggled with is like how much last year affected me. How mm. it, how it really like got me down in a lot of different times. Okay. You know, I had a lot of down times. Mm-hmm. And there were ups too, but definitely not as many as the downs. Mm. And it's okay. It is what it is. Yeah. You, not every year. And given the year, I think it's understandable <laughs> and acceptable. But Exactly. Yeah, but just the hardest thing that I had, looking, what made me so hard on myself was thinking like that I wasn't in a position going into this year to where even this type of year could have happened and I would have been okay. Mm-hmm. I, it bothers me that mm-hmm. it affected me so much. Mm. But at the same time, I have to accept that because it's in the past yeah. and that's not going to help me in the future right. either. You know what I mean? Exactly. But yes, that's just, that's how it went. And you know, like I think, think of like uh, Jeff Bezos who owns Amazon. That dude's, huh. he's making more money than he ever could because of all the deliveries that people have been ordering you know like this year was great for him oh my gosh i'm sure he had his negative points right Uh, actually no i I think he's like i think he has a a a disease now Mm. he does you know about this no i i think his biological father came out of the woodwork was just like holy crap my son is the ceo of amazon i I don't know much about his life so i should i that's that's interesting like yeah he probably so so he's like a strange dad is like all of a sudden like oh son billionaire son <laughs> hi I, I mean it was on i think it was on uh, 2020 or something like his his estranged father just realized that his son i guess because he was adopted i think and his actual biological father just was like wait a minute i think that's my kid and Whoa. he's the ceo of freaking amazon he's a billionaire right now <laughs> so that was pretty cool of a that's revelation an story yeah i want to look mm. at i want to look into that and find out like what happened if he accepted his father you know right it, i mean I'm, i imagine he would have the access to get like a paternal paternity test right to find out because i wouldn't just sure. take it on his yeah i wouldn't take it on his word <laughs> like yo we got to take some blood man it's we just gotta like, we just gotta make yeah. sure yeah <laughs> so when do you turn 30 uh august august the okay. 26th so you still have some time yes <laughs> self-reflection <laughs> yeah right <laughs> So what has been, like, the biggest thing in your 20s that, like, has it just been acting, do you think, or? Mm, I think when I joined New Dawn Theater, I found a whole new sense of self because in my teen years, I I felt so lost. I felt like I was just like, I don't even know what the heck I want to do when I get out of high school. I don't even know who I want to be. I don't know if acting is something I really want to go for because I'm kind of ambitiously lazy, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) I really am. But when I got into theater, it just gave me a whole new sense of purpose. Like, I really do love doing this. I tried doing an agent. I wasn't as, you know, ambitious with that. And when they let me go, I was just like, I understand. So it's no hard feelings. But now I'm like, I really want to take acting classes this year to like really hone in on my skills and make them, you know, more refurbished and really, you know, not be afraid to let go. Because I think as actors, that's the whole point of just 
being on film or on theater is just to let go and not mm. be afraid of the judgment because you're there to entertain. Yes. So with me, I, I, I've never been afraid to let go. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So with acting, I was just like, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm home. If you're going to fit right in with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was really like... It was an eye-opener, and I got to meet incredible people, incredible actors, just to watch them on stage. I got to meet you, and I was just like, this this guy has like this, I don't, it's like you had like a Freddie Prince Jr. mixed with Chris Hemsworth with a little bit of Liam Hemsworth. I was like, he's perfect. Ah, this is awesome. That was a fun role. That was a really fun role. And it was a cute little one thing. I was yeah. just like, this is so much fun. I was, uh, <laughs> it, it was, um, what was it called again? I know it was Paris of... Troy. It was Helena's Helena husband. Helena Troy. It was what? what Helena's was it? husband. Helena's <laughs> husband, right? Yeah. It's it, it, such a funny story. It's about Helen. Helen. She was Helena of Troy, right? Helena of Sparta. Of Sparta. Okay. Right. Troy's the one who came over. So Paris is like the prince of Troy. And, and he then, stole her. Yeah, but Agamemnon wanted her to peace out. Yeah. Exactly. That was that was fun. Chris, right? That was his name. Oh, right? Craig. Craig, 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 yeah. Oh, I haven't okay. seen him since we did that. I know. Craig was awesome. Oh, my gosh. And Lee Jones. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Cast. It was amazing. Yeah. And yeah. then um, Corey, Corey Billups, she is just a cute little thing. And I was just like, your nervousness in your voice fit you so perfectly. But she's like, okay, that's yeah, fine. Right? Yeah. And she did amazing. Yeah, yeah. She did amazing. And then you and Katie's chemistry was the only thing I was really worried about because it's just – your charisma of how to get a hold of Helena was what made Paris so charismatic to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, dude, you just started an entire war. You do realize you just set us up for failure. He's <laughs> just like, what? I like her. What's the big damn deal? <laughs> just just let me like, be who I want to be. Right, yeah. right. And I think the one liner that killed me, because you were just like, yes, no. No, yes, that, I don't know what it was. It was just the way you said it. It was so funny. I was just like, this is going to be great. This is perfect. Thanks. That was, man, that was such a fun time. And and it was like this director showcase, so it was all these other shows as well. So Mm -hmm. we got to, you know, be a part of that one, but then watch the other ones as well. Yeah, you know, that's, I always enjoy things like that because Mm -hmm. I get to perform, but then I also get to watch. Exactly. You know, and it's not like a a whole play, which of course I'll be happy to do that as well. Right. But a whole play, you don't get to turn around and look back at yourself. Right. Do you know the show, um, uh, uh, The Glass Menagerie? It's by Tennessee Williams. It's okay if you don't. It's like rare or rant it's it's old no it's okay so uh there's only four characters in the whole show Mm -hmm. and i love small casts it's Mm. so awesome you get so tight right um i was this character called the gentleman caller and he actually doesn't come in until the second act okay so i would actually we only did three performances it was was a weekend it was in statesboro georgia Mm -hmm. and uh but all three nights Mm -hmm. i would sit in the i would sit in the audience (laughs) right and just watch act one you're like yep yep and i would i would always make a point to strike up conversation with the people next to me and i'd be and i was in this it takes place uh, it's been a long time it it takes place like i want to say like 20s 30s like like olden times could Uh be even older than that so i had like a tweed suit on you know like a really old timey like orange and checkered tie so like i look dapper Mm -hmm. but i also but i don't look like i'm you know modern right in the time period yeah so i'm this i'm this like yeah i'm this this guy looking like he like came off the like boat yards in 1920 You know, like, and I'm just sitting in this show. I'm sitting in this theater watching the show and striking up conversations with old ladies. And I just, and I, I, I like to think that 
I because then you know at, at intermission I would mm-hmm. slink back backstage right. and I would get prepared to go on and I'd go on like you know the second scene of Act Two and mm-hmm. I always like to think that as soon as they saw me those people I was con- like conversing with would be like wait what <laughs> is that that guy exactly like, yeah. they're probably like oh he never came back I hope he's okay and then right. the next thing you know like I'm, I'm on, on stage yeah. it's like I have to deliver lines I'll be right back yeah I know right <laughs> I have very important work to do. It's crucial. <laughs> so I got to I got to watch that and perform. That was that was a really cool uh, moment in my theater history. Oh wow! Have you directed since then? Um, I know the next year I did another one where I couldn't find another actress to fill the role, so I was just like, "Dang it, I'm gonna have to put on two hats." Oh, Crap. you directed and starred. How that did that go? Is, whew, that is difficult. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, I had all like all the inflictions of how I wanted to say the lines. Just went out the window. Totally out the window. I was just like, I'm just going to say it how I want to say it. Yeah, right. And then the direction of my cast, like, we got really close because we did Frankenstein 1930 the month before. So we already had a little bit of camaraderie there. And it was just like the one girl that I picked, her attitude. It's something when I pick actors, it's something about them specifically that makes me want to work with them again because of the fact that it's I feed off of that, and yeah. it's just like, I need you with me again because I know you can bring something to this character. Yeah. And she was this little, short, little girl, and she and everybody thought she was like 14. She's like, no, dude, I'm like 21. I'm <laughs> like, gosh, Luna, what the <laughs> heck? But it's her attitude, it's her sassiness, and basically the play was about a mom who takes her daughter's Halloween candy, and she's trying to basically not relive her childhood because she used to be a lot chubbier when she was little. So she's trying to you know make sure she stays in shape, you know trying to teach her daughter that and basically the candy comes to life in human form and like terrorizes her a little bit and she's just like okay i promise i'm gonna put the halloween candy back i'm gonna (laughs) eat right i'm gonna do everything i need to do and it was just it was so cute and i was just like this is perfect and i had it in my lineup of plays that i wanted to do because i was just like i like the whole aspect of item and objects coming to life and speaking to the character that is a cool aspect oh my gosh it was so much fun it was so much fun what did you play were you a candy? No, I was actually the mom who stole the daughter's oh, Halloween okay, candy. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and Mr. Goodbar and Eminem basically was like, you know you're wrong, right? It's just like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but it was so much fun. So much fun. That's awesome. How did you get the, the costume for the candy bars? Um, basically. Or candy in general. <laughs> so basically, I went to Amazon. I bought a Mr. Goodbar t-shirt. And <laughs> okay. then the guy who played Mr. Goodbar, just, yes. you know, just simple slacks, a nice blazer. And he was just like, and he had like a very white type of voice. And I was just okay. like, that works. <laughs> keep it. Keep yeah. it. And then the Eminem shirt, she wore a red Eminem shirt. She was just like, mm-hmm, you know you're wrong. Huh. You stole the Halloween candy. You know you should put that back. You should be eating more healthier. We told you about this. <laughs> It was fun. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so, uh, is that the last time you've done anything directing wise? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do it again? Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. Would you? Do you want to act more or direct more? I think it would be a little bit of both. I, I if anything, I would like to be a triple threat where I'm writing, directing, and acting, possibly okay. producing, because that's something I'm looking forward to doing. I'm trying to teach myself how to write scripts, stuff like that. I I just I like different types of stories that normally people wouldn't see on film. I like you know mythology. I would like to see more mythology based films because yeah. those to me are so interesting. I could talk about that stuff all day. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> so like uh, like Greek mythology, like uh, the gods. That sort of stuff absolutely okay any type of any region of the world mythology wise i'm all for it oh like uh like the gods that they believe in 
it, whether it be like Norse or whatever. Right, right, yeah, right, okay. right. So the Marvel Thor version that we see is not technically that. Like we think he's blonde hair, blue eyes, and this tall guy, but no, he's like a ginger with. I think green eyes and he's just he's just he's crazy he's all over the place that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) and Loki's not actually his brother he's just a trickster you know god Mm -hmm. Odin of course is his father and Odin's just he's basically like Zeus but less children if you will (laughs) okay yeah Zeus had a lot of children he had a lot of children children. (laughs) he had a lot of children have you seen this movie called um, The Ritual The Ritual I recommend it to anybody. Uh, I, I don't. I've never talked about it like openly on you know in a, on a recording, but mm. it, it essentially the god that they're dealing with, mm-hmm. and it's like a forest creature. Okay. It is an offspring of Loki. Oh, and it, yeah. And I'm kind of spoiling it. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. But but you because you definitely don't find that out until very very late in the film. Mm. But the it was such a cool. It was a really well made film altogether. Mm-hmm. Well acted. And then uh, ultimately, like to find out that it, it was dealing with mythology, I was like even more excited about it because I'm like you. That type of stuff is really interesting. Right. What right, got right. you into that? <laughs> um, funny enough, I I'm huge on like the '90s because I love all '90s things. Like I I sit at home and watch Gargoyles and Goof Troop and nice. Ducktales. Yeah. I love it. God, so, I've been watching Gargoyles on Disney Plus. Oh my god. I miss it so much. I, know, right? I miss it. <laughs> so I was watching actually Xena the Warrior Princess. Okay. And I used to watch that show when I was this little. That's the big. That's the big woman, right? The big like wrestling woman. Yeah. I, when I mean big, I mean she was like tall and muscular. She was part of the Amazonian. Yeah, women. yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, my dad used to watch that. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that show. Xena was the show. And then she went on. Wasn't she, didn't they do like a crossover with Beastmaster or something? Do you, you remember that it show? It was Hercules. Hercules, that's yeah. it. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. When those two got together. Oh my god. Yeah, but Zeno was dope too. Yeah. Two demigods. I mean, you can't go I wrong know, with right? that. You yeah. cannot go wrong with that. <laughs> She's like, she was, that was like our own Wonder Woman TV show. It really was. Yeah. But it was like with this. It was like with this cool aspect of everything. She would bring in different gods. At one point, she had Cupid and his mother Aphrodite. She had Poseidon. She had Ares on there. And the one episode that really got me into Greek mythology was Pandora's box. And I always heard about it, but I never like what what was the story. Right. So in this episode, it was basically Pandora's granddaughter had the box okay and then after that episode for some other reason the tv said oh you can't watch any more episodes you have to pay for them it's like forget you fine whatever <laughs> so i was just like okay what is this pandora's box story right. so i looked it up on google it shifts me over to youtube and the guy that basically got me hooked on mythology period he, he's based out of london and his um, youtube name is mythology and fiction explained and he has, I mean, story after story after story. Oh, he touches Japanese, Hindu, Norse, Celtic, like the whole nine. Even Egyptian. And Egyptian mythology is one of my favorites. Anubis, really? the god of mummification. Yeah. Love him. <laughs> you Love ever heard him. of the, the curse of Queen Mott? M-A-A-T? No. M-A apostrophe A-T? No. It might have just been a TV show. I was just watching a TV show like last week, and they had a, a episode on Egyptian lore. Mm-hmm. And th- this person was basically killing off everybody who was uh, a part of the expedition. Uh-oh. But they were claiming that it was the Curse of Queen Mott, who, oh. who was like, she was apparently some, uh, it might just be in the show, but mm-hmm. I felt like I had heard it before. <laughs> you know? Um, right. She was like uh, a, a, a woman who was a princess, but mm-hmm. she was like, backstabbed you know she was like julius caesared out of the world like oh everybody gosh. yeah nobody people that like stopped liking her and so 
on her oh way out, like with her dying wish, she set a curse upon anybody who opened oh. up her tomb again or something. Oh my gosh, that stuff's cool. Oh man, so you, cool. Are, are you, you must like uh, Indiana Jones then. I'm a big, I'm an Indiana one? Jones fan. I've watched all of them. Like uh-huh. a lot of the '80s films, I love those types of films. Okay. So Indiana Jones was definitely one of them because I was just like, oh wow. Oh, and me and him, snakes. We're not fun, fun <laughs> with snakes. I don't like snakes. I'm like, ah, I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh-uh. I actually have a snake at my mom's house. No! Yeah. I own one. It's like, but it's only like a foot long and it's okay. as thick as your finger. So okay. it couldn't do any damage to you. Okay. But I get it. I get it. I, I just, I, I think snakes are cool. Their whole, their whole body is a muscle. It, it is. But it is. I also understand why people would be, they're weird. Whew. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, for me, it's spiders. It, it's, <laughs> It, it, that, they're so, <laughs> ooh, they're so like they candy. <laughs> like that's, yeah. No, 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 no. I miss me on that. Uh-uh. Yeah, oh, and, and I've gotten to a point where if I see a spider, mm-hmm. I typically try to just leave it alone because right. I know that they're good. Right. But the size, depending, you know, like if you're bigger than my fingernail, you mm. gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. I'm so tarantula is definitely not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 oh, my skin's crawling. Oh no. I feel like it's like on me, you know. Oh no! All right, so, okay, so so um, it, it was mythology uh, in, in fiction explained. In fiction and fiction explained. And fiction, okay, right. all right. And cool. the one Egyptian goddess that I like, like gravitated towards the most. Her name is Sekhmet. And Sekhmet. She, and she is the god goddess warrior of like rage and stuff. And she has other things that come along with her, but she's one of the eyes of Ra. And what happened was at one point Ra noticed that the humans were no longer worshiping him. So instead of him just like leaving it alone, he sent Sekhmet to basically like teach him a lesson. But she damn near kills every human being. And he's just like, <laughs> okay, we got a problem. Wait a minute, that's not what I wanted. Right. So then he puts basically wine in the Nile, basically in the river, and she starts drinking it because she just sees blood and she's so blood infused. And then all of a sudden she just passes out. And when she wakes back up, she's back home. And then she's looking around. She's like, what the hell just happened? And then she falls in love with the god Ptah, the god of creation. And then they have kids. And then she just basically becomes a more self-righteous god S. And I was just like, wow, she sounds like me, but not as much power. <laughs> I was just like, if I had her power, I think there would be a lot of issues. Yeah, you'd be doing that too? Right. Yeah. But I mean, just her whole, you know, her whole cool story. story, I was just like, wow, I would love to see something like that on film mm-hmm. because we don't hear much about Egyptian mythology. We only see it from the mummy. It only gives you just a <laughs> yeah. snippet of it. Just yeah, the mummy's, I, I love the mummy. Me too. Yeah, I love it. But it's also... <laughs> I've watched it recently, and it's it's rather campy. Like, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, but I love Brendan Fraser. Oh He's great. Yeah, oh, and uh, I, I, it was a different woman. I know Rachel Weisz mm-hmm. was the the mom, mm-hmm. but there was someone else who was like a, they switched, or maybe maybe they didn't. I can't remember now. No, I think for the first two, they had Rachel Weisz. And then the third one, oh, that's when it. the son gets older, and then they go to, you know, Japan yeah, with remember. Jet Li. I haven't Li. seen that one. I don't remember that. Look, movies and me, just boom, boom, yeah. boom. But <laughs> yeah. the third one had Jet Li in it, I think, as the Monkey King. And he was he had, like, a whole army, and he was just like, Dope. I got to deal with these mummies again. <laughs> just like, <laughs> That's your, that's your job, dude. Yeah. We're making a third movie, so... It deals <laughs> you know? with that concept. <laughs> so that's cool. So, yeah, and you're right. That's, like, all we have of Egypt. Other than that, it's, like, whitewashed movies. Yeah. You know? Like, can we have some, like, real Egyptians, <laughs> please? Or people who, like, at least look like they'd be Egyptian? I mean, close 
close to it. Yeah, for a bit. at least make an effort, right? I mean, I mean, the gods of Egypt. It made me so mad because I was oh, just like, man, I didn't even see that movie. I didn't want to. I mean, I watched it. I was just like, okay. I mean, the only thing they got close enough to being correct was Chadwick Boseman, and I think he was the god of like knowledge and. I just... didn't know he was in that. That's 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 cool. I, I like I it for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And unfortunately, you know, we lost Chadwick, yeah. you know, last year. And that was like, that was crazy. I was just like, wait a minute. Yeah. He had cancer. He told nobody. I know, right? I was just like, wait a minute. It's, it's, uh, and it, it's fitting. Or, I mean, it makes sense. Like mm-hmm. once I found out, it made sense to me once I found out because mm-hmm. earlier in the year, mm-hmm. he had posted a selfie that people, yeah. you remember that? People, yeah. Yeah. He, I forget what he was, what the point of the selfie was, if there was a point, maybe he was just posting it, but mm-hmm. Uh, people were commenting on how skinny he looked. Yeah. And they were worried about him, mm-hmm. it being 2020, being quarantined, that he wasn't taking care of himself. Exactly. I remember thinking, like, no, there's no way. He's got enough money to where he could, he'd be able to take care of himself. He could, right. Yeah. He's going to, he can he can hire his own chef to feed him or to take out every day if he needs to. So it was weird to me. Mm-hmm. And then when I found that out, that, you know, he ultimately passed away from cancer, I was like, oh, that makes sense now. Right. Because it wasn't, it wasn't lining up for me, like, why he wouldn't be taking care of himself. Right. Yeah, and he obviously was just, you know, he was battling stage four, I think it was pancreatic cancer. I think so. That's think tough. That's crazy. Yeah, but, so what yeah. do you think they're going to do with Black Panther now? Um, to be honest, I think I think they're trying to stick with the comic book because that's what a lot of Marvel movies don't stick to mm. half the time. And sometimes yeah. even the DC comic books, they don't really stick to <laughs> no, them. <yeah. laughs> so it's just like if they stick to the comic books of Black Panther, Shuri is supposed to definitely take over. And right. I think they're supposed to give like a tribute or a visual to T'Challa to like send it off to kind of like, you know, makes sense of everything but if Shuri takes over it's just like I mean she's already the princess of Wakanda it wouldn't make sense you know yeah, and yeah. she's pretty badass and she's she's pretty damn smart I know I mean all the technology she had in that thing she was just like hey you don't touch anything <laughs> yeah right <laughs> she was yeah you're right having the brain inside of the uh actual suit yeah right. you're right but at the same time w- uh, this could easily be explained away I'm sure but mm-hmm. Wasn't there like some flower that he had to eat that gave him those powers? And, and Killmonger. Yeah, he Killmonger had... it burned them all, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then like ate the last one for himself. It's just like, dude, you gotta share the wealth, can't yeah, you? Yeah, no, come on, man. <laughs> I, but now, like, how are they gonna get around that? It, you know, is she, are they gonna find a new patch of it? Is it gonna suddenly grow, you know, where it was, you know, like a phoenix rising from its ashes? <laughs> I mean, if Shuri is smart enough and she could find something, I think she could work something That's out. That's true, yeah. They, they could give her that Captain America serum, you know? I mean, like, hey. I, yeah, I feel like Captain America and Black Panther have, like, similar Origin powers. stories, yeah. Yeah, and origin stories, yeah. yeah. Like, they, well, well, one was, a, I guess, a prince and all. But, but yeah, as far as, like, they weren't not, they weren't born with powers. They were right. born to be great men. Right. But, yeah, the powers were given to them through other means. Exactly. At a, later, at a point later on in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I know that T'Challa was dope even before he had the flower. Yeah. But he wasn't able to, like, run on the side of buildings dope, and you know? And have all the cars. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. It'd yeah. be, it'd be nice if, to know that that existed. Something like that where <laughs> all of a sudden you can just become superhuman. That would be nice. What superpower is. would you want to have? Oh, man. I know. That's, that's a random question. I know. Man. Um, I think a few of them, actually. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I definitely would time travel for sure. Nice. <laughs> um, 
Super strength seems kind of common. I mean, up to a certain degree, like, I would want like, super strength. I would want super strength too, but I wouldn't want the. I would. I wouldn't want muscles. No. You know what I mean? Like, I would want to look like myself, yeah, but I literally but, can pick up a car and leg. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Have super strength in that way. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. Um, and then what else? Definitely be able to fly. Yeah, I know, right? Easier than taking a car. <laughs> Way yeah. easier. Yeah, it's cold up there, though. Yeah, but I would definitely have a suit that would protect me. Right, I think, you, I think you can get over it, right? Right. All right, so if you time travel, where would you go? Are we talking about past and future? I guess you'd have to get back to the future. So would you want to go to the past first, or would you want to go to the future first? I think I would want to go all over the place. Okay, where would you go first, though? Uh, definitely go back to Egyptian times. Oh, of course. See. I should have known that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just to see how they created civilization, how mm. they, you know, conquered different diseases with the herbs that they use and just the medicine, how they use mathematics just to create darn machinery, just mm. the old school machinery, and then probably go into the future and see what happens, see how technology has progressed a long time and, you know, society, how we've become as human beings. I mean, have we evolved into something else? Have we seen something different as far as, you know, animals, like just as far as Charles Darwin's evolutionary right. theory? And just kind of, you know, keep it in the present, maybe go back to my childhood and see myself as a younger person. Uh, Not okay. to interfere, right, right, but right. just to see how I was as a kid, you know. Go back and forth. You know, I've read this uh, once when I was, it was just like a little article on time travel and mm -hmm. why it wouldn't work or why you wouldn't want to do it. And mm -hmm. it, a large part of it was that you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't have the antibodies to the diseases that were around at that time. Mm. Yeah. So, so like if you went to like 1950s, mm -hmm. you know, you, you might get, well, that might be after, I think that was after the polio vaccine, but you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you might, you get polio, you get smallpox, you get, right. or just anything because it's not anything that was, that's been around since you you know, in your mm. present time. Right. That would suck to just all of a sudden you go back and then you just get super sick and you're done. Yeah, but then again, you go back to Egyptian times, it's just like, I know there's an herb in here somewhere yeah, that could cure this. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> so there's so many loopholes away around that, but at the same time, that would be a con to time travel because, like you said, it's just like, don't necessarily have the immunity of the antibodies to help you get past this smallpox polio. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but let's but let's say that that's not a problem. That right. like you know that you're you're all good. Then I think going back in time would be dope. Yeah, mm. I would love. I would want to. I would want to go see uh, the U.S. Um, like our early days as a nation. Mm. I want to go see like what what Abraham Lincoln looked like in real mm. life. Okay. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be a part of the Civil War, but I'd want to like you know. <laughs> I'd want to like see. That's a really interesting time period to me, right. and so I'd want to see what like what it actually looked like, like what the towns looked like, mm -hmm. uh, how they dressed, yeah. stuff like that. Egypt would be dope too. Yes. Like, all right, was it really aliens or? <laughs> right. <laughs> or well, did you guys really do this? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I saw this meme that was like, it was all the all the slaves who were like bringing the stones up the pyramids, right. and they were saying like, can you believe they they think aliens built this shit? <laughs> We out here breaking our backs or something right. like that. Yeah, if there were aliens, we wouldn't be doing none of this. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> thanks. There's, people were praising some non-existent thing when it was all our hard work. Right. And even, like, the 1920s, I know the parties were just amazing because everybody was partying. Oh, my gosh. The Roaring Twenties? Man. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it. Go uh, to party yeah. a little bit. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. I'd probably stay a few years. 
go back to like 24, go right. to like 26, because you don't want to be around in like October of 29. That was the stock market. Oh, no. Right? I think I think it was October 29. But it, I think so. Yeah, but regardless, I'd be out before then. Right. It's just like, okay, party's over. I got to go back to my time yeah, now. Right. <laughs> it's like stock market's crashing. Everybody's jumping out of windows. I'm good. Yeah. No, no, no. But yeah, the party's like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Prohibition would be so interesting to yeah. like live through, mm-hmm. you know, I, like. At, uh, there's a show Boardwalk Empire. You ever heard of that? Yes. Have you seen it? Yes. Love Boardwalk Empire. Um, my mom was a huge, huge fan of that show. Uh-huh. Every Sunday, nobody touched the TV. <laughs> Everybody out. I'm watching my show. I was the same way with True Blood. Is oh, I understand, True mom. Blood. Oh, I yeah. miss that show so binge, much. Binge the hell out of True oh Blood. Oh my gosh! And I told myself, I was like, now watch. I'm gonna be on the show, and then it got canceled. I was like. Curse you! <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, it deserved to be canceled, though. It was it after was, a while. Yeah, those last two seasons were rough. But like, <laughs> the, I think there was what, like seven se- seven seasons? I think it was eight. To eight, be eight yeah. yeah. So I mean, it had five solid ones, though. Man. I would say, and then and then after that, it's like, all right, what are we doing? Right. Where are we going with this? Right. And, yeah, but those. Like, it's like once she was revealed to be a fairy, mm-hmm. they, I think they brought in like her brother as a fairy or something. I don't even remember what happened to Jason. <laughs> Is it, was that his name, Jason? Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I like that actor, though. I, 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 when he came in, I was like, this is a cool – I just liked his look. Right. And the way he carried himself as a right. character. And so it was interesting with him, but only for that season. <laughs> and then after that, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, oh, man, like uh, Lafayette. Was, oh. He was so awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And he was so straightforward. He didn't care. Mm-hmm. I think the one scene that really, like, shook – the whole entire season was when the guys in the restaurant was just like, oh, I don't want that burger. It's just like, oh, you don't want it, huh? Oh, that's too bad because I make these burgers. Now, here's your burger with cheese and a side of A's, and he slapped it in his face. I was like, Lafayette, you're my hero, dude. Yeah, right? Stand up for yourself. And he and they were like, oh, Lafayette, please. And it's just like, nope, nope. Yeah. They started this war. Now he's about to end it. Oh, man. But he was a great character, yeah, it and it was sad when he actually passed in real life, and I was just like... Oh, wow, I didn't know that. He passed. I was think it during the show? No, I think it was maybe two or three years after the show had ended, wow. and I think he battled with alcoholism, mm. and like all the cast members was putting him all over social media like, we can't believe he's gone because he was the nicest person you'll ever meet. He actually played um, in the James Brown story with Chadwick, and it was just like those are two people that passed in real life and it's just like this movie is so monumental because Chadwick did an amazing job and then you have Lafayette being you know his sidekick to James Brown I was just like well shoot no. this is not okay I'm yeah, not okay right. with this man I haven't <laughs> seen that it's get up right or get on up or something oh my god yeah I haven't seen that and I, I, I definitely need to see it now oh my god <laughs> it, was, it was it was amazing again Chadwick Boseman from the time that he got on until the time that he passed it was just like every single movie meant something thing yeah and then um marshall where he plays the lawyer thurgood marshall mm-hmm. it was oh, just that's why it's called that oh my god i didn't know it was about thurgood marshall mm-hmm. i, I want to see that now it, amazing who, who thurgood marshall I, I definitely recognize the name mm-hmm. and he's definitely important in african-american history mm-hmm. correct was, was he like the first lawyer first supreme court justice what was he something to that nature but the whole entire movie was based off of just a case that he knew for fact that he could win because there was also a jewish lawyer played by josh gad who helped him along with getting that case solved it had sterling k brown Mm -hmm. it had kate um hudson in there and just the the 
the, just the lineup of everything of how basically they proved that she lied about a rape case and him trying to kill her. And they were like, oh, no, you lied. We know the truth. There's no possible way that that could have happened because you were involved in that relationship consensually with this person. You just didn't want to get caught by your husband. So you lied and you basically put this man in jeopardy. And Sterling K. Brown's performance in there is just so heart wrenching because he was just like, you know, if I would have if I would have told the truth, it would have been life or death for me. And just oh man, just amazing mm. movie, just amazing. So is Sterling K. Brown the man that she like is accusing? Right. Okay. Wow, he's good. He's good. Uh, I saw him first in Supernatural. Did you ever see that show? Yes. Yeah, you, Sterling K. Brown. You you don't know? Remember who he is in that show? Have you seen most of the show or all of it? Um, there's. There's thirteen seasons. I know. Oh my it god! Just ended. Oh my he god! He was um, he was a fellow hunter who mm-hmm. ended up becoming a getting bitten and becoming a vampire, oh. and he had it out for Dean and and I and think Sam. specifically Sam because okay. he found out Sam had the demon blood in. Right. And so he really wanted to get rid of Sam. Mm-hmm. He was cool with Dean, but right. obviously, if you're not cool with Sam, then you know, Dean is not. Yeah, not Dean, or Dean ain't cool with you, right? Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and I remember his death specifically was such a dope episode mm. where Sam ended up ripping his head off with uh, with uh, barbed wire. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was dope. And and that was my first time I ever seeing Sterling K. Brown, and I remember mm. loving him. Like, mm-hmm. I thought he was great. He brought this, like, this asshole bravado mm-hmm. with him, with his character. And right. then to see that he's had this amazing career after, right. I'm just like, it's a no-brainer. Oh, my god! I'm glad that someone, like, saw him for the talent that he is. Exactly. And made sure that he was getting stuff. Mm. Oh my gosh, man, <laughs> man! There's so many great actors, and even like, even on um, my podcast that I do, we were talking about Jamie Fox with the movie Soul on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, uh, is, does he voice the main character in that? Yes, he does. Okay, I didn't know that. Have you seen Soul? Yes. I have Disney Plus. Can I go watch it right now, or do I have to pay for it? No, that is definitely free. I just, oh, I'm. Just... <laughs> you gotta check that out. I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I don't. I watch Hulu a lot more. Uh-huh. I. I put on Disney Plus maybe like once a month. So, but I didn't know it was on there. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, anything Pixar, I'm down for. Okay. Oh, gosh. So, yes. what about that? Tell me about that, that movie. So, Jamie Foxx plays a piano teacher and he truly, truly loves music. He loves jazz music and his goal is to perform with this well known jazz artist who actually is played by Angela Bassett. And I almost, I almost had a heart attack. I love Angela Bassett. That's one of my top favorite actresses. And he basically gets an opportunity to play with her. And he's so excited. But in the movie, you know, it's this whole life between life and death thing. And he's trying to prove that that's what he really wants to do. But I'm not going to spoil it for you because I don't want to okay, hear yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's just the whole journey of him realizing that you really have to live for yourself instead of living for what you want to do. Just live to live. Play music just to play it because it just gives you this hmm. sense of just peace. That's good. That's good. Uh... Tina Fey is in it, I believe. Yeah, Tina Fey is in it. Um, Felicia Rashad is in it. Questlove from The Roots is in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Love Questlove. This, this is awesome. amazing. <laughs> yeah. It is so amazing. And it's such a good story of just learning that live for yourself and not for others or living for what you think you should be doing. So, like, if you know acting for sure is something that you want to do, and if it's like, you know, all the politics that go with it, I joined theater because I just love that aspect of performing arts. I'm not very, you know, musically inclined. I can't play piano, can't play drums, but I know with acting, it gives me a whole sense of just difference. Mm-hmm. It's basically, to me, it's like a, one big therapy session for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That so, soul was just like, 
I want to cry. I'm not crying. I'm not crying. No. It was, I, it was I think good. I've cried in, in every Pixar movie. Oh, no. You know, whether, whether it's like a sad moment or it's like a really emotional and happy moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like in Coco, I cried twice. I love Coco. Oh, it's my favorite. It's oh, my, my absolute favorite. God. It's better than Frozen. I'm sorry. It's oh, way yeah. better than Frozen. Oh, it, Frozen's not, I mean, but that's also just <laughs> Disney. You want to hear something funny? So what? I... So I have this podcast, but I also have another one called A Real Treat that mm-hmm. I do with a buddy of mine named Charles, mm-hmm. and we do our top ten favorite movies mm. in a certain genre. Okay. And we're not saying that these are the top ten like best movies. Mm. We say t- we say these are our favorites. Right. But they're ranked in order of like from least favorite to most favorite, right? Right. And we did our top ten Pixar's. Mm-hmm. I think that was like our third episode. We're mm. on like eleven now. Okay. And when we did Pixar, I was so excited for it because I love <laughs> Pixar. But we get to number one, right. and I actually put Coco at number two. Right. And I just told you it's my best. It's, uh-huh. it's my favorite, and it's because number one, <laughs> number one, I said Moana. Hey, Moana was good. No, it was, but it's not. It's not Pixar at all. Oh, it's, that's it's, right. Yeah, it's, it's Disney. Disney. I know. It's like you cheated. Wait a minute. I know. I, I was sitting there. I was like, "All right, man, it's time for my number one." I was right. like, "And it's Moana." <laughs> and he goes, "It's not. It's not. It's not Pixar." <laughs> Okay, right on my parade. Why don't I you? know, right? So I was, so, I was super. I was, I was embarrassed, but at the same time, I, uh, I, I, like, I, I know Moana so well because mm-hmm. I love it so much right. that I didn't look anything up for it. Mm. I, some movies that we talk about, I need to look some things up right. because it's been a while since I've seen them, right. and I want to make sure I get certain facts right or whatever. Right. But Moana, I didn't even look it up because I know it so well. Right. You know, I even know who stars in it, and you know, and and all that. So mm-hmm. I was like. I was ready to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then when he said that, I was like, oh, my gosh. So we paused, and I checked, and sure enough, it's Disney. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I, I can, I'm not mad because I can see how I would think it was Pixar. Because right. it's, it's Disney owns Pixar. Right. right? And, uh, and the, the animation. Color, the animation is yeah. so well done. Yeah. I didn't realize Disney had gotten so good at, you know, I didn't realize they were, like, on Pixar's level as far as animation goes. Right. But they obviously are. And I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I, I didn't like, Frozen was fine. Did you see Frozen 2? No. They're not missing anything. I bet. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. And oh. the songs aren't as good. Uh. And uh, yeah, and, and it just, it has like a couple of subplots that I just didn't care for. Oh. And I wanted to. I wanted to like it. I did. <laughs> I went with a girl to go see it in the theater, and right. she's a huge uh, musical theater person, oh, and so she was all for it. She right. was having a great time, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know? man. So anyway, uh, I, you mentioned your podcast. You talked about Soul on that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your podcast. It's called Millennial Talk. Yes. All right, and so who all do you do that with? Um, so it's me and Justin. I met him through theater as well at nice. New Dawn, and he's originally from VA, Virginia. And he has a theater-based background. He, you know, he graduated with a bachelor's in theater. And he came to me and another friend with the idea. At first it was three of us and then, you know, some complications and, you know, misunderstanding. And it was just the two of us from there. Okay. And so he was just like, you know, I really want to do a podcast, but I want to do it from our generation's perspective. And I was like, okay, that sounds amazing. I'll do it. What the heck is a podcast? <laughs> Literally, that was my question because I never knew what it was. I was just oh, like, I was like, what is a podcast? He was like, oh, no big deal. You just pick up a topic, you talk about it, you know, we'll feed off each other, give each other our, you know, two cents on that. And then from there, I was just like, I 
love doing this because yeah. I love to talk. You get me to talk and you're like, okay, you can shut up now. You can shut up now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's really just, you know, mainly just pop culture of how we view the world from our point of view because millennials, we get a bad rep for just being ourselves. You know, yeah, we're the baby yeah. boomers, you know, kids. So, you know, they're lazy, they're this, that, and the other. But when you think about it, millennials are really pushing the envelope on a lot of things. I mean, as far as the government is concerned, John Ossoff, he's a millennial. You know, he is starting to make a name for himself in politics. Yeah, he's a senator now. So I mean, yeah. that's really freaking cool. And I think mm-hmm. he's only like 33 years old. I know, it's crazy to think like all, <laughs> everything he's gotten done with his life and I'm like almost his age. <laughs> but, you know, you can't compare yourself. You can't compare, but no. at the same time. But still, time... I get what you mean. Like people are giving millennials a bad rap when clearly we have one out there who's already like at a very, very high up in politics. I mean, it's... And it's just, and it's going to be more coming in just the, as the older we get. Right. And the more, you know, respect and experience that we earned. Exactly. So that's cool. That's interesting. So yeah. you, you want to give it a perspective from a millennial's um, point of view. So like what is, what are, what are some things that you've talked about that you, that you enjoyed the most? Um, for me, the thing with me is I like to talk about everything yeah. because of the fact that there's no limitation with conversation when it comes to what we talk about. I've talked about, you know, the whole thing with Scientology with Leah Remini. Oh, I've, no shit. I didn't, man, I didn't get to hear that. Man. Oof. There is a guy on YouTube mm. who, who infiltrated Scientology. Mm. Have you heard of him? His, his name is Reckless Ben. No. I, he was on Tosh Point. I've been watching a lot of Tosh Point O recently. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just clips on YouTube. Right. And, uh, uh, and and he was one of their uh, he he came on and he's like he does that slacklining thing okay. right where you're like balancing on that thing in between two uh, two trees mm. and he's a professional at it like he's mm. really good he's doing flips and stuff on okay. it and uh, and he just came on and talked to Tosh and uh, and then I, I looked in the comments of that video mm. and he had commented saying like you know hey I appreciate going on here so I was like well, let me go check out his his channel see right. what what, what I figured I was just see a whole bunch of slackline stuff right <laughs> right no he does this whole uh, he does this whole thing. It's like a seven-parter where he uh, he got like spy glasses mm-hmm. on, you know, where they have little gla- like eyeglasses. But right. Yeah. And but there's a camera in him, and he and he goes to the Church of Scientology. He lives over in like L.A., so right. that's where the main one is. Right. And uh, and he and he goes in and, and um, tells them that he wants to be a part of it, and they take him through like an interview, and they they you essentially see how they start brainwashing people. Yeah. And and they do it from the very beginning, and all they want is money. All they want is money. They have churches with nobody in them. It's crazy. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy. And and he gets pretty far. He gets so far as to like be invited into this big party mm. that they all like all the main Scientology people are there. Mm-hmm. And he really doesn't he doesn't deserve to be there. He's he's given them less than like fifty dollars <laughs> at this point. You know he's not he's not very far. But he but the person who interviewed him liked him and mm-hmm. you know and he had the charisma so he got invited in. Mm-hmm. And then after that, that's when they uh, he had to do like an official official interview. Oh no! And that's when they caught him and they, and oh, they took no. his glasses. And, oh no! Yeah, <laughs> but it's a whole thing, and it was so interesting to watch. I couldn't stop watching up, in, <laughs> up until he got his stuff taken back. Right. And then they had like two more parts after that, but it's like he's not. I'm good. Right. I, 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 I they're not going to be going inside the church anymore. Right. Yeah, you because know, I, I wouldn't, I would never know what it was like otherwise. Right. So what, did, what did you talk about with it? What did you find? Um. So I actually watched Leah Remini, who did star in um Kings of Queens. With yeah, Kevin's that was a good show. Man, Kevin hilarious. James? Yes. I and love then I think show. it was Ben Stiller's father who played the father yes. in the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny, he just funny passed show. this year too. He did. Yeah. yeah. Man. 
2020. Man, 2020 yeah. is the son of a gun. Well, I know, right? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Leah, yeah, I remember her. Um, she talked about, about it a little bit on the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what it, what, and she, she's like on Netflix or something, right? I think so. They, she's like doing a whole Scientology series. What did you learn from it? Um, I basically learned that with that, it's more so they, they want you to be more an individual and they don't allow you to have family with you. And if you start to kind of like, you know, scatter off to where you want to just basically just be yourself again, you have no way of doing that because they took everything from you. If you're in there from the time that you're a tween all the way up until you're 18, you have no job experience, you don't know how to make a living, you can't really do anything for yourself because you're so busy, you know, dependent on this cult. And it really is a cult. Yeah. And the guy who started it, I think his name is Ron L. Hubbard. Yeah, Ron, uh, L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, he was a, he was a science fiction author. He was, yeah. yeah. And he basically had this whole you know schematic thing of how you can buy your way into heaven and if you die you basically can be resurrected into your original body and it's just like you guys realize nobody's been able to do that yet so i don't think that's possible with him and they literally in i think in uh, l ron hubbard's house they still put his clothes out they put out food because they're still awaiting for his return and i'm like you guys are delusional this dude's long gone i mean come on <laughs> he married so many women. He he has all these children. He doesn't even identify them as his children. I mean, just... The, oh, man, he sucks. Like, literally, they brainwash you to the point where you're... Basically, if you and your mom were in Scientology, you would be like, oh, that's just such and such. That's not my mother. Oh, man. Like, I, I, I would die if I had to basically live like that like oh my little brother's not my little brother that's that's evan you know evan bowen we have no relation to each other we grew up with each other but not really related so they really like kind of strip you away from your family and then if you're not going to be willing to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to keep up this whole cult you basically join this whole you know other side of it where you work for them for only like 50 dollars a week oh my gosh and you're basically working like 12 hours a week 12 hours a week, you only get maybe possibly one day off. The kids are treated way worse. There's a lot of, you know, Mm. sexual, you know, molestation with the children. They basically have the, you know, the the person being prosecuted. They sign a waiver saying, okay, I did what I did, now I'm done, I'm sorry. And they sign it and it's just like, but you're not helping the child because the child is still traumatized. So just all this stuff that they're dealing with as a kid in Scientology, like you're basically, you're screwed. You, oh have, you have no sense of self. If you're disciplined, you basically have to build your own house with the rest of the kids that are there. You work these long hours. You don't get paid for it. You're just, you treat it like nothing. You're treated just like another, you know, they basically say children are just mini adults. And it's just like, no, they're kids. Yeah. <laughs> they're you kids. You be treated as such. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I didn't know jack shit when I was a kid. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to make it. Look, all I knew was Barbie dolls, reading, and TV. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> life was great. Look, life was perfect. <laughs> Man, that's that's incredible. And, and it, may, it only makes sense that, like, these people who believe this type of thing mm-hmm. are now are in charge of all these children that yeah. they're going to be doing it so, yeah. you know, so awfully, be, treating them so, so terribly. Yeah. That's messed up and we can't do anything about it because they're uh labeled as a religion which is the craziest thing i mean tom cruise christy allen uh john travolta yeah i I think one of the cast members off of that 70s show was also a scientologist and it's just like guys you gotta get out of there (laughs) you gotta get out of there this is not good they have so much money and it, it makes sense that 
like a, a cult that requires you to pay so much money would right. have a lot of rich people in it, and right. especially celebrities. Yeah. Um, but it's like you think that they wouldn't. Maybe it's just the psyche of being a celebrity yeah. and needing that, having that feeling for of belonging. Yeah. You know, and you're like, all right, maybe I'll try it out. Maybe right. I'll try it out, and you, you know, and then little by little, you get sucked so far in oh my gosh. that you can't get back out. You really can't. It's like yeah. joining a gang, but it's not as deadly. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. not as deadly. Yeah, it's just, yeah, you're going to get some looks. Oh, yeah, definitely. Man. It, it, the whole, just watching it from episode to episode to episode and just just the pain those people went through, it's just like, oh, my God. And then the funny thing is there's, like, no black people. It's like, is there not? There's not one. <laughs> no. That's all, all smart. <laughs> And the funny thing is, all white people. <laughs> of course. Oh, this is the, this is the ch- <laughs> Look, black people, we go to church. We know it, it goes for a very long time, maybe like a few hours, and then we go home. Yeah, right? That's it. <laughs> I went to an all-black church once in Alabama, okay. and I had a blast. You did? Yes, it was amazing. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was worried because mm. I didn't know that that's where I was going, mm. and uh, and I found out once we got there and right. I saw you know that I was the only white person. Right. The, the only other person who wasn't black was the guy who brought me, who was okay. my neighbor. Okay. But he was like Puerto Rican or something. He was okay. he was ethnic in his own way. Okay. I guess if that's the right way to say that. Mm. But uh, so anyway, I, I truly was like the only American like white person. Okay. And uh, and and I felt like I, I was I was worried. I was like, oh my gosh, am I gonna get looks like? And it wasn't like I'm gonna get looks because I'm different. It's gonna get looks because I don't want people to think that I'm I'm trying to force myself into somewhere that's for other people, you know? Okay. Because especially given the fact that I didn't choose to come here. Right. You know? But since I'm here, I'm gonna make the best of it, and I ended up having a great time. And like no one judged me. Everybody was nice. Oh. It was a it was a great time. Yeah, black churches to do that to you, <laughs> yeah, right? especially when they Good start music. shouting yeah. and stuff like. Woo! Oh, they had chicken ready at, at the end. Like, we got just... look. We gotta feed our people. We uh, got to. You got to. You gonna have the chicken, oh, the my, mac and collard cheese, greens, mac yeah. and cheese, cornbread, oh. everything. Oh my! I was well fed after. <laughs> I was like thinking. I was like, all right, well, maybe we can go to Waffle House or whatever. And yeah, no, they. We had... got food downstairs. I know. <laughs> like sitting on burners and everything outside, right on the front lawn. Exactly. Oh, it was great. Exactly. Yeah, and then over there they got Scientology telling you that you can't even have a brother. Right. Like, like come on now. What kind of religion is this? Do y'all have chicken? <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got no power greens. How do you get <laughs> right? <laughs> no candy ants. Oh, we've got fresca. <laughs> we have chicken tartar. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I'm out. Deuces. <laughs> Oh, what man. what makes you think so? Like, th- how do you get involved with that? Do you um, did did you learn anything about it from Leah Remini? How uh, she got? Do you do you remember what she said about how she got started? I think it was more so. I think truly with people that go into Scientology, it's their parents. Their parents don't necessarily want to be Catholic, or they don't want to be Methodist, or they don't want to be Orthodox. Oh, okay. They are trying to find something that basically gives them a sense of purpose. Hmm. So with Scientology, they boost you up so big to say, you know, if you do all of these things and pay all this money, you know, you really be, you know, you basically can make, you know, things float with your mind and stuff. And then, you know, it's just like, that is, you know, physically impossible to do that. I mean, this is more so a cult to brainwash you to just pay your, you know, put your organs on the black market to just be a part of something when it should just be free. Right. And I've, and with that, I think her mom got her into it because she wanted to be an actress. And with that, it kind of helped 
boost her along to be an actress. So once she started paying all this money and started saying, yeah, I'll pay, you know, this money, amount of money each year, no big deal. She started getting bigger and bigger movie roles and she got on Kings of Queens. So that was like really big for her. And the whole point of it was for her to, you know, kind of lure people into the Scientology world. And I think she tried that with Kevin James and he was like, I'm not going for that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I worked my ass off to get here. I'm not doing that. (laughs) So it was that whole thing. And then till one point, um, I think once L. Ron Hubbard died and someone had taken over, his wife actually was exiled and she questioned the hell out of that at Tom Cruise's wedding with Katie um, Katie Holmes. Yeah. And she was just like, okay, so if he's here, where's the wife? And that instantly made her like think, something's not right here. Because if she if she's the wife, she should still be here. She shouldn't be exiled for whatever. But I think the wife was questioning things because the person in charge, he was abusing the people underneath him to basically in this cult. And she was just like, that's 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 wrong. And anybody who basically speaks against him, they are terrorized. I mean, they have private PIs following them, going through their trash. I mean, the whole works. What? Like they have this thing to the point where there's no escape. You can try to escape. Right. But it's not gonna happen, man. And she was just like, you know what? F this. I I want out. And she was just like, you know what? I'm taking this shit down. This has <laughs> to go because this is yeah. this is traumatizing people. People don't even know how to pay bills when they come out of this. They're like so lost. They have no sense of self. So it's just like that's not the type of religion people want to be a part of. You want to be able to be comfortable in your own skin and really be one with you know the higher being. But they have you so like conditioned to think this is your only this is your only family this is the only thing that you have and it's just like stuff like that terrifies me to be honest i know <sighs> right like <sighs> we you they've got people so convinced that this is the only way mm-hmm. this is the way mm-hmm. and so anybody who's not a part of it is just dumb and wrong exactly yes that's, that's so dividing oh my so divisive i don't like it i don't like it, I, don't like it. <laughs> I mean anybody who speaks bad about scientology they have a way of finding that person and it's just like Wait a minute! You mean to tell me you have the you have like the freaking FBI around this thing? This That's is weird. Crazy! It I, feels I like that. I want to post on Facebook. Like, Scientology sucks. Scientology is horrible. <laughs> the the guy in the the like docu series that uh, I watched, right. they had him sign a billion year contract. That too. Billion, like mm-hmm. I, I get it. I totally mm-hmm. get the psychology behind it. It's yeah. like. You know, two things is, is, is like making sure, make, making you believe that you really will live forever. Right. Because that's, that's what we, we're all afraid of dying and not, and not, you know, and not existing anymore. Exactly. Right. And so that, that cures that, I guess. Right. And then also like, it makes you realize how much of a commitment it is. Right. Like, commitment it is, you exactly. know. Exactly. So, but hearing that, that's crazy. Man. Yeah. Man, I think even um, one celebrity off of, I think it's Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, I think her name is Mimi Faust, her mother got her into Scientology, and she was just like, I'm not signing that contract. Yeah. My mother is brainwashed, but I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm a kid. I don't need this. And so they basically ripped her from her mother. Her mother's like so engulfed in it that she had to go homeless for a little while. She was sleeping on people's couches. Someone basically, you know, took her in as her own daughter, and she was just like, you know, my mom really wasn't a mom to me, but this woman that took me in because I had nowhere to go, she was allowing me to just be a teenager again because my mother did not basically stick up for me. And then she said on her mother's, you know, dying death, basically, she had to read her something to let her know how she felt, but because somebody from the Scientology world was there with her, she couldn't literally say, Mimi, I love you, and I'm sorry for what I did. So basically, she was brainwashed up until the moment that she died. 
and it was just like and Mimi just she just never got over that because of the fact that it was just like I never really had my mom because she didn't stick up for me and can you even be mad at the mom if it's brainwashing you You can't really be mad at her because she her sense of whole identity is just stolen from her right and it's just like you know I understand from Mimi's point of view because every child needs their mom whether it's male or female you just need your mom Mm -hmm. and so she said I would go to jail happily if anybody ever tried to do that with my daughter I'm going to jail because you're not not with my daughter because I know how it is I know how they treat people and she said she dealt with racism they would spit on her just call her all types of horrible names and the mom couldn't do anything and it's just like my god why do people treat people this way this is nuts did you know there's a Scientology building or church whatever here in Atlanta yeah yeah Yeah, you know Mm -hmm. there's nobody in there there's nobody oh, it looks so vacant. Yeah. <laughs> There's nobody a buddy of mine lives like I don't know if he still does, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen him in a few years. But when I went to visit him, mm-hmm. we went out to eat and we left his apartment, and it was like right around the corner from his place. Oh my god! And I and I had never and we walked there. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't drive, so I, I was able to like get a good look at it. I was like, "What? That exists here in Atlanta?" <laughs> Like, oh, oh no! Oh, like man. yeah, and it looked it looked like nobody was in there. Yeah. That's crazy. And they open churches all over the place. They big up all the members of this cult to think, oh, yeah, we got another church in another state. We're so excited. And they get so excited not realizing they're just putting vacant churches all over the place to make it look like they're really a religion. And it's just like, this is sickly genius, but this yeah. is just sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just want to, like, go live in it. You know? I know, right? But no one's in there. I mean, no. Using I'm it. sure there's a bathroom. It's probably a shower. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you know? It's, imagine all the space. You can go for a run in your own Look, home. it's free. Ain't nobody paying nothing yeah, in there. Right? They're not even <laughs> know I'm in there. <laughs> and so the, the, guy, the guy who made it is gone. He's mm-hmm. peaced out. He ain't coming back. When did, when, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's yet to be seen. <laughs> so when did he peace out, you know? Um, I think it was like, um, I think it was, to be honest, possibly, possibly the 80s, maybe the 70s. So he's been gone for a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's so interesting. Man. And I think they also make you buy these big books on the Dianetic system of how they do things. Uh And it's just like, so you want me to buy these thousand dollar books that are not going to teach me anything about life. Hmm. Their whole spectrum of life is just so altered and so delusional. It's just like, so you think you can move things with your mind, and then you're going to become come back and be reincarnated. Okay. Um, do I have to pay money? It's like, oh, yeah, you got to pay a thousand and some dollars. It's just like... Dude, I don't even have two dollars in my bank account. Yeah, How am I no, gonna right. do that? As <laughs> soon as you ask me to like spend more than twenty bucks, I'm out. Like, I'm not doing it. No, nah, yeah, this feels this feels this feels like it's not true. Yeah, yeah it feels like, like I'm getting it feels like a setup. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> feels like a setup. But there's still like that that guy that party that I saw him go to. There were so many people there. It's just it's crazy to think that there are. I, I, there is a large amount of people, mm-hmm. not in the grand scheme of things, but right. there is a large amount of people out there that believe in this. Man. But hey, I guess at least they have something to believe in. I don't know. Look, as, if he ain't in the sky and he, look, Ten Commandments, you do these things, you be good, a good person, treat others, you know, in a good way. I ain't doing it. I'm, I, look, look, I don't even like going to church because it makes me sad. It just does. Why does it make you sad? I don't know. I think because 
the way my mom has always gone to church, she's always gone to church to like get a spiritual feeding. But it's like with black churches, sometimes we cry and it's just like, we shouldn't be crying. We should be happy. Why are we crying? And that always made me feel like, not ready for church just yet. Oh, okay. So with that, it's always like put a hender on me, but at the same time, I do believe in something. I do want to be more spiritual. I do have a Bible that I haven't like fully read through because I know it takes a while to go through the Bible. It's a lot. It does. (laughs) It just does. But at the same time, I know that with church, it is good for your spirituality to help you understand things better and just, you know, understand yourself better. But at the same time, it's just like, I like my Sundays. I do. I like my Sundays. I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, uh, it, I my thought process is mm. like, okay, so if you go to church, because I haven't gone to church like in a year, mm. um, because of not wanting to be like in a mass of people, but I'm also not an online type of person. I see. You know, like I don't, I, don't, I can't attend church on through a webinar <laughs> or whatever. You know, like. And so I was thinking, like, I was even doing acting classes earlier mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting as much out of those because they were all um, virtual. Mm-hmm. You said you want to get back into acting classes. Have you, are you going to do any virtual ones, or like, would you wait till there? Have you done any virtual classes? No, I haven't done any virtual classes. I may have done um, master class where they kind of teach you acting, but it's not you know physical. Right. And I know with acting, everything is with our bodies, yes, and everything's with our voices. So with that, it was more so me just taking a backseat and learning somebody's career of how they got into acting, what steps they took, and what direction they went in. It didn't really give me the you know the feel of okay, this is how you do this. So with the new acting classes. I want to take it is virtual I'm okay with that because I do online school anyway so I fall right into that but for me I do still need that physical aspect of you know getting up and getting in touch with your feelings because the school that I'm trying to get into they do the Meisner technique Mm. and that's all with feeling I'm like I'm an emotional person anyway this (laughs) worked for me so well it's so easy so yeah, definitely. I think if anything, if that's something that I'm already you know accustomed to with the online schooling, I think I'll be okay with it as long as I get to see faces. I'll be okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Where are you going to school? Um. So with um just regular online school, I go with South University. They're based out of Savannah, Georgia, and it's I'm going for psychology because I love things of the mind. Yeah. Cool. I love stuff like that, and with acting, it just like goes hand in hand. So I'm just like. Psychology and acting. That makes so much <laughs> yeah. sense. Yeah. No, it, a lot of people who do like liberal arts are interested in psychology. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends it, are, are like that. So it makes sense. People who are who are like driven to like that type of thing. Right. Like, yeah. The mind, the brain, the way it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're typically good at arts and the creative as well. Mm-hmm. From what I've noticed. Right. Yeah, so you're going for psychology. That's mm-hmm. cool. So um, wanting to be like a therapist. Sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of. Definitely want to do, like, some counseling. I love kids, so definitely want to see how their minds work because they're so open about everything. They have no fear when it comes to that, when it comes to just them expressing themselves. They're the most honest little human beings you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. (laughs) You're like... Kids say the darndest things. (laughs) They're awesome. (laughs) <laughs> and they're funny. Kids are hilarious. I um, went to an old high school buddy's house of mine, and he, he has two little ones. He has a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And they're the sweetest little things you'll ever meet in your life. His son, he's just a hugger. He loves to hug. Oh, great. He yeah. loves to hug. And his little sister just follows whatever he does. She's like, oh, I like hugs too. <laughs> and they're just they're so sweet. And kids, the way they think is just like, I wish adults would think that way again. 
because I think that's what's missing in the world. We're so, you know, I'm an adult. I have to think this way. I'm so structured. But at the same time, you still have to get in touch with your root chakra, which is your childhood, basically. Mm. It keeps you grounded. It keeps you to still, you know, believe in stuff and have hope for the world. I have hope for the world that will get better, but it just won't happen overnight. I know it's going to take some years down the line. It may not happen in my lifetime, but I know at some point in time things will be better. So I think of it that way when it comes to just being in touch with your childhood because that's the way they think. They just have hope for everything and they have no fear. Right. I mean, kids are jumping off couches. It's just like, ah, please. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> right. He's going to hurt himself. It's like, no, no, they're, they're fine. It's like, no, he's going to hurt himself. Stop making him do that. <laughs> <laughs> kids make me nervous, but kids kids are hilarious. Their little laughs crack me up. Yeah. I love their laughs. They, they're, the, you, it's hard not to be – I don't know if it's – as far as like get being your own child, right. but yeah, being on other people's kids. Oh man, my nephew and niece were both mm. like three and four. They were so great. Yep, and they're still they're cool now. They're like in, they're like seventeen, eighteen. Oh, they're just, but they're about to go off to college. They're you know their lives are about to take off for them. Right. But man, when they were younger, and I was like their hero. Yeah. We were playing like darts with each other. I mean, yeah. no, not, I mean like Nerf darts. Right, like Nerf we were, darts. We we're shooting Nerf Nerf guns at right. each other and stuff. That was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I haven't got. A, I haven't done anything like that in a long time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> to have like a a childlike wonder mm-hmm. again would be very nice. It would. Mm. It really would because then it would just be like you know, life is beautiful truly if you let it be. Yeah. Like if you just truly let life be what it is, get in touch with nature, just enjoy the sun, enjoy just things around you. Life is beautiful, but it's just, you know, as we get to be adults, we just complicate things too much. Yeah, and I think there's this stigma that if you are doing things like that, if mm-hmm. you are just enjoying the world around you, mm-hmm. then you're you're missing out on what you should be doing, which is go, 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 work, work, make more money, you know, like produce, do something else yeah. with your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that all the time, so much so. To where I don't do anything. <laughs> I don't. Want, I don't want to do anything because it's like I feel like nothing that I do is going to be enough. Yeah. Anyway, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I have to work on that because mm-hmm. being paralyzed is no way to go either. Yeah. You know, I'd rather enjoy the world around me and not get anything done rather than not enjoy the world and not get anything done because I'm too worried about not getting anything done. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so many over analytical things we do to ourselves, and it's just like I think when we get out of childhood and we go into our teenage years, then we become self-conscious of who we are. And I noticed that with little girls, they're like, I'm fine. I'm great. Everything's fine. And then when you get to be teenagers, it's just like, oh, God, I feel so embarrassed. Oh, God, there's a pimple on my face. And it's just like the little stuff you worry about. And then when you get to be at a certain age, it's just like, you just stop caring. It's just like, who cares about other people's opinion? That's not why I'm here on this earth. My parents, I didn't ask to be here, but I'm here, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm here for a reason. I got to figure that out. But it's not to basically worry about other people's opinion of me. That's what I have had the hardest time my entire 20s of just trying to figure out. Other people's opinion of you does not matter because at the end of the day, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and be okay with that person. You have to get yourself through life. You, your parents can't hold your hand all the way up until your death because at that point, you know, they're going to be gone and yeah. you have to continue you on without them so it's like I think if the world you know starts to have like like you said a child wonder about things I think it'd be easier for us to just see each other in a way where it's just like you notice kids that when they're little in pre-k they don't even care what color they are they're just like you're cool you're a friend mm-hmm. we we both enjoy the same things but it's just like nowadays everything's become so complicated yeah you get it just gets taught and ingrained in you over time mm-hmm. and it, it makes me look back and think 
like up until now, how much control have I really had over my own mindset that I have today? And I know like it's all in your control, sure. But I, mm-hmm. what I mean is like what things were influencing me subtly mm-hmm. over the years that I didn't realize. Exactly. You know, and how can I un- how can I like reverse it? Because mm-hmm. I I feel feel dull in the head a lot. <laughs> like especially this past year, I just felt mm. like I can't think as clearly as as I used to, mm. and like a like a slight fog, yeah. you know, at, at times. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would give anything to have that be gone, but I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. And uh, so I just try to exercise and eat as well as I can. Yeah. And, but then ultimately the battle that I'm, I have in my mind, I just, I'm not saying I want to win it. I, I, I'm, I don't think there is any winning in that, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm losing it right now is yeah. what I'm saying. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah, it's that constant not sure of certain things in your life that you feel like you have a hold on, but it's just like, no, wait, I don't. No, I do. Oh, crap. Oh, God. Yeah, back and forth. It's, back just, and forth, it's right? just the constant seesaw of just a battle within your own mind. And it's just like, I I really, it's like, I don't want to put a time limit on stuff I want to do. But at the same time, I just want to work towards that. So I know when I get to my 30s and I'm like, well, in that, it's just like, I do have a sense of self. I do know who I am. I know what I want. I know what I don't want. I know what I'm not going to put up with. I know what I can tolerate. And it's just, you know, I guess being a millennial, that's the that's the hardship that we're facing right now because we were all kids at one point, mm. and now we're adults, and we're like, dude, we're hitting our 30s. This is, yeah. like, no joke. And it just came <laughs> up, like, quickly. Too. Man. 20s were so fast. Man, I told my mom that yesterday. I was just like, Mom, just yesterday I was 20, and now I'm going to be 30 in, yeah. like, the next seven months. Like, what's and going I'll, on? And, and it, doesn't that make you think, like, well, then that means 30 to 40 is going to go by quick. Oh, yeah. And 40 to 50 is going to go by quick, mm-hmm. you know? And and so next thing you know, you're going to be uh, completely past your youth. Yep. And it's like, are you going to, did you use it setting yourself up for the rest of your life or did you squander it? Right. You know? Right. And it's a big fear. I don't want, <laughs> uh, it's just some heavy thinking. I need Woo. to just get out in nature and just not, and just like de- you know, decompress yeah. a little bit. And just meditate. And that's what I've been doing for the past, like, four or five months now is just trying to do different types of meditation. Okay. Trying to figure out, like, how to just, like... And the thing is, I, I'm trying to get all of my chakras right because that's what's, like, causing all my vibrations to be low. It's just, like, all my chakras are doing this just crazy effect. And I'm not really, like, understanding that when your vibrations are low... That's what's causing anxiety. That's what can cause depression. That's what can cause you to just be all over the place. But when you have one sense of self, you just you just like happy all the time. And it's not like something, you know, not, no alcohol, drug, no nothing, no money. It's just you're just happy with yourself because it's just like finally I get to have a sense of peace. Mm. And that's what I've been missing. And peace. that's what a lot of people have been missing, just peace in their life. Because yeah. everything's like you said, work, 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 go, 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 go. It's like wait a minute, I need to slow down. My parents have been telling me this since I was a kid. you got to slow down because life goes by so fast. And then by the time you're hitting 30, you're like, they were on to something. <laughs> yeah, I Dang it. Yeah, they do tell us that, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just slow down, stop and smell the roses. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, yeah we, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> we, we, we're thinking uh, we've had the same like thoughts. Uh, so your your chakras, what does that feel like when, when it – have you been able to like align – them what what does that process look like i've always heard of them Mm -hmm. but i've never like practiced it myself um so i know it's like different chakras that basically help you just be one with yourself i know what's your root chakra is like basically your feet keeps you grounded 
hence root. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Um, I think it's your um, just your sexual chakras. You're not so much worried about you know the sexual liberation or the sexual orgasmic feeling. It's just more so you 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 don't need it as much as you think you do because in your 20s, if that's something that you've been doing, you've been basically out of whack. You know, just your stomach, just eating better, and you'll notice that it'll help with your skin, just your mood, and just you know you wake up every day and you're like. I don't feel tired. I have energy. Mm. I have natural energy. I don't have to take any vitamins for stuff like that. I mean, vitamins do help, but it's a natural feeling. Um, just your heart chakra, you know, making sure your heartbeat is really good, making sure that is aligned up with that. Your throat chakra, making sure your voice is being heard. You speak as if, you know, you have, you stand your ground because you're not afraid of anything. You say what you want to say and you mean it. Um, your eyes basically making sure they're good. Your third eye is basically just being aware of your surroundings and everything. And then when all of them are aligned, it's just like you just walk with peace. Mm. Everything makes sense. You don't have to question things because you're just aware of certain things around you. You see people differently. You can kind of see their aura a little bit. If it's kind of cloudy, if it's kind of bright and orangey, kind of like the sun. And, you know, it's just you're just one with yourself. You don't necessarily have to be religious, but you're more spiritual. And you have one sense with yourself because technically this is just a vessel. This is just a vessel. But with your spirit, it's more so you're connected with the universe. Yeah. And you feel more like, okay, everything's fine. I don't I don't have to worry too much. Yeah, I have a job. Yeah, that's just, you know, that's just my, my, my human life. That's not something that's gonna carry me to my you know, to my spiritual being when I leave this body. And, you know, I make money, yeah. I have money in the bank. I'm good. You know, I have a roof over my head. So all the little things, all the big things that everybody worry about, it's kind of like you don't worry about it as much because you just, you're just, you're, you're not coasting, but you're just, you know, you're at a pace where it's just like I'm okay. Mm. Things are better for me. I'm not as worried. I'm not as anxious. I'm not as insecure. You have a better sense of self. You know, for a fact, it's just like I'm not made for everybody, and that's a good thing because when you're made for everybody, you're just easier to get. Yes. And everybody had access to you, but when you're not made for everybody, you're not easy to get. You play hard to get, and you're just like, everybody wants me, but I'll I'll find the one. Just yeah. not right now. I'm happy <laughs> with that. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, that comes from insecurity and mm -hmm. and wanting the validation that you're not giving to yourself. Exactly. You know, yeah, it's, and it's tough with acting too, because that's that's like all you want is to be validated, to be told you had you did a good performance. Right. And, and the ironic thing is that to be a really good actor, you have to have confidence. Yes. You you'll be it's every time I've done well in mm -hmm. a show or a performance I was prepared for it and I was confident going into it and I don't mean arrogant like I, I'm, I'm about to be the best on stage or right. the best in front of the camera I just mean I know this character mm -hmm. and I'm ready to to portray them mm -hmm. you know and and every time I've felt that way which is certainly not every time mm -hmm. but every time that I have I have ended up be, being more proud of that performance mm -hmm. you know and and looking back on camera I can see it too I can see that I'm like I remember I'm like yep I went into that confident you know <laughs> and then there's other scenes that I've watched where it's like yeah I wasn't prepared for that and, uh, <laughs> and yeah they, I can tell I can tell and it All sucks right. it sucks seeing it and, and knowing but that's just how it goes right and that's like a huge key is having that confidence confidence is key for everything in life but especially <laughs> acting oh my gosh oh my gosh especially when it came to off book nights I would get so self-conscious because I know the script, I know the lines, but then I would second guess like, wait, 
is that cue supposed to be for that line? Mm. Ah, right. And you beat yourself up because you want to get it. And me, I'm, I'm a Virgo. I'm a perfectionist. I want everything to be just strategically perfect. But with acting, sometimes you just have to let it flow. Yeah. You can't let it be so strategic because you second-guess yourself. You stop up short, and then you're just half-assing, and you're just like, well, fuck it, whatever. But then with acting, it's just like with theater, it's like it, it gives you so much more of a liberation because you're feeding off the energy of the crowd. And sometimes they might not be as receptive because they may be quiet. But then at the same time, I feel like those are the best performances because you're just giving it your all and mm. you don't care. Yeah. And that's the best feeling in the world. Oh, it's a good feeling. <laughs> oh, such a good feeling. Great feeling. Uh, having a live audience uh, mm. is, is amazing. I've, man, like every applause that I ever get, I mm. try to remember that. That this is special, mm -hmm. you know. Every time I'm taking a bow and I see people applauding out there in the audience, um, I tell myself like, cherish this, yeah. cherish, cherish this. Yeah. <laughs> so that and and I do and I do and I can I can look back and I can see those you know some of those applauses mm -hmm. and remember that I was appreciative of them. Oh God. You know? yeah. It's not like yeah, bitches. <laughs> like, I just killed that. Right. <laughs> you know? it's, no, exactly. it's it's like it's like yo that I all these people really came and they and they got something out of what we just did and that's pretty awesome that we all shared this moment together in mm -hmm. you know in, the, in these two to three hours right. that we spent in the same place mm -hmm. you know they came to watch something that I've been working so hard on for right. so long uh -huh. and then I was finally able to show it to them mm -hmm. you know and then and then the the camaraderie from the cast yeah acting's great oh god yeah theater oh gosh theater's great <laughs> Man, and the thing about it is, though, I did an independent film back in 2015. It was called Simpsons Ro Simpson Road, the movie. Okay. I think you can find it on YouTube. And that was more so like urban type film work. And these guys were new to the film world. And I was just like, I don't feel as confident, but I feel like I can pull this off. I feel like I did okay. But at the same time, it's just like with that, it's not like theater. For some odd reason, people who don't do acting, they don't understand the whole aspect of when you're in film, it's just very this. It's very yeah. simple. It's not over the top unless the character asks for that. If that's what the character is giving, that's what you do for that character. But with theater, you have to project your voice. You have to make sure it's like, basically I tell everybody, pretend your voice is a tennis ball and throw it to the back of the room. Mm. That's gonna give you the projection. And when you get that, that energy from the crowd, it's just like, it's a whole different wavelength of, oh, you're just on film, uh-uh. Film and theater, two yeah, different ballparks. Different. Uh, two different ballparks. I started off mainly in theater, mm -hmm. and when I was 18, I had done probably like five or six theater theatrical performances up to that point, mm -hmm. and I started doing uh, film class mm -hmm. because I wasn't getting the roles in high school that I thought I deserved. Okay, I was I was very full of myself, <laughs> and so I was like, I. But at the same time, I was like, I need to get better because yeah. it's, it's obviously like I know I deserve it, but. I'm obviously lacking in talent in some way, so I need to go get better at it. Mm -hmm. So I started doing acting lessons, and it was for film. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the hardest thing for me was getting my voice down. Mm. Was getting my voice to be natural and conversational. Yeah. And uh, and and I'm, I've got it now, but man, that took like two full years. Really? Of, yeah, going to class like every week because I was so used to theater and I was so. I was so grandiose with my movements yeah. <laughs> and like having to bring it down to subtlety yeah. was really difficult for me. Oh man. Yeah. And oh, so man. whenever I have a friend who's like who I know through theater mainly and they tell me they want to do film, I'm like do it, but just like be prepared that you're not going to you're not going to it's not a natural transition. Mm -mm. I mean, it might be, you know, you might be you, you might be one of that special person, mm -hmm. but I mean, y there's so many things that you don't realize you were trained to do right. that you're going to have to untrain now. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, I mean, theater gives you a foundation of how to portray a character, understand yes. it, break it down. But with film, like we've been saying, it's just so subtle. It's just normal conversation. It's subtle movements here and there, subtle eye movements. You know, blocking is way different. You hit your mark at a certain point just so you can get every angle on the camera. And it's just like with theater, I'm just so used to being so live and so yeah, big. Right? It's yeah. just like, I just want to yell. And it's just like, got to bring it down, though. It's just like, crap. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I miss theater. And when they shut down the doors at New Dawn for good, I, I literally cried. I sat yeah. in my bed and I cried. I was like, this is my theater home. This is the place where I know for a fact I can go and I can be myself. But at the same time, there are other things that I can do. I can do short films with friends. I can, you know, take acting classes to, you know, go into film if that's something I want to do to learn how to be subtle with my voice and my movements. And then if that's something I want to do as a career path, I know it's going to be a long journey because it's not just instantaneous with that one that yeah. one's more political than the theater yeah that i've noticed because yep. it's just like you'll get like a hundred no's but that one yes will be like okay i'm tired now i don't even know if i want to do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i went through when i first got my talent agent mm. i i didn't book anything until my 20th audition mm. so i have a five percent chance every time i go in you wow. know to, to, yeah my 20th thing i finally booked Whew. And uh, yeah, so, <laughs> but it, it was all good, and mm -hmm. it took it was it took about a year, or so it, it was spread out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every couple of weeks I was doing something, and uh, in the end, finally getting something was was really nice. But it's been a while since mm. now. I've been doing all these like independent projects, but mm -hmm. yeah, it'd be nice to actually like book something again. Yeah. Now that the new year, that's something I, I need to start doing is focusing on my acting career again, get some headshots, and and start. Uh, marketing myself. I, I guess. guess so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like the last person who wants to do that. It's, yeah. it's, it's. But it's. I know it's necessary. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would well, you got any projects coming up? Um, me and my friend Justin, we're trying to just do short films because we're kind of ending our podcast, and he's kind of going off on his own, and I'm kind of going off my own. So we're trying to do some short films. I'm trying to, you know, again, trying to teach myself how to write scripts and see mm. how that works out because I do like to write stories and just see where that takes us and he was just like dude we just got to be consistent you never know who's going to be you know calling us knocking on our door saying hey we want to work with you guys so that's one way of getting things into the door but at the same time it's just like i still want to take acting classes because i know i'm rusty i haven't been on the stage in over a year so i definitely want to get back into that field of you know learning how to control my emotions for certain things so that's my thing with it but definitely i definitely want to do acting long term if i could yeah. If it's in the cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you continue down this path of like working on yourself and finding that peace that you want, mm -hmm. I think anything will be attainable. Yeah. You know, especially with the talent that you have mm. and, and your drive. Mm. It's it's gonna it's within your, your reach. So yeah. I'm excited to see what you have coming for you in the future. I'm excited sure. too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's been a great conversation. Thank oh, you for man. coming over. I don't wanna end it just yet. I'd like mm. to end uh, my podcast by asking my guest mm -hmm. uh, to talk about someone or something that has inspired them in their life. Is there? Do you have like a family member or a close friend, someone who's inspired you, and in what way? Um, I truly think it would be my mom and my two brothers. Okay. Definitely, because we, because unfortunately, my older brother had passed in 2016. Oh, I, I didn't know. And, you know, he was a huge influence on me. He actually was the one that said, Sierra, you are like a character. You would be a great actress. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, 
that actually would be really cool. So it's always been a dream of mine to do that because of how he was always just he was he was so athletic. I mean, he did football, baseball, he did acting, he did a whole bunch of stuff, and it was just like I just being his little sister. I just wanted to follow in his footsteps because right. he influenced me so much, mm-hmm. and I, I I just loved my brother. My brother was a one of the most amazing human beings you'll ever meet. Like if we were having a party at our house, he would make you feel like your family because mm-hmm. he just wanted you to be comfortable, and he was so silly was so loud but it was just who he was and then my mom her being a single parent she just she always made me feel like I had two parents in the home that's how that's how driven and that's how ambitious she was as a and still is as a woman that's cool and me and her have gotten closer through the pandemic of quarantine we go to the spa every week we walk with each other we talk to each other as much as possible you know we're just gotten closer and then my younger brother who's entering in his 20s me and him have gotten closer you know and even though our older brother is gone, we're starting to, you know, gravitate t- towards each other more to where we can talk about anything for like five hours. I'll sit in his room and we're just sitting there talking. He's like, wait a minute, what time is it? I'm like, oh, shoot, man, I've been here for like four hours. He's like, yep, it's been a good conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yep. So definitely my family has been a huge influence on me just as far as just to be a good person, live like every day is your last and don't be afraid to speak up for what you believe in, especially when it comes to things that don't feel right. Say it. Say what's on your mind. Speak it with your chest and don't be afraid of who's going to say something. If they say something, what's the worst they can do? And I'm learning that and I'm like... I've been lost for a very long time. <laughs> My gosh. I, I can relate to those those thoughts, of uh, especially speaking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I typically don't like to make waves, personally. I hate confrontation. Yeah, I, 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 like, uh, it, it's, I, I don't like confrontation not because like I want to avoid it. Mm-hmm. It's more because it just upsets me. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, man, now you're upset. Like, right. You know, like, now you're upset, and like I'm, I, now I'm feeling upset, and I don't, I don't want to be a part of this yes, anymore. You know? It's uncomfortable. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just... Um, I, I, I totally understand that. And so it's great that you're able to find your voice, yeah. especially this year, mm-hmm. given given everything that's going on. It's, it's great that that's something you're able to work on. Mm-hmm. That's something I need to work on myself. <laughs> so that's cool. I, I, I like that you chose your mom and your two brothers. Mm-hmm. How did your brother pass away, if I can ask? Mm, he... He, he, he was always kind of sick. Like, if he had the flu, it would be for a long time. And then with this one, it, he actually caught pneumonia that he didn't even realize he had. So oh, he, his doctor said he had walking pneumonia. Yes, yes. And so once it started to get to a critical point where he wasn't coming out of the hospital because he went to ICU twice. And so by the last time, they had to put him on a breathalyzer. They had to put him in an induced coma to get his body to try to catch up. But it was just like his body was just like, I can't do this anymore. And at one point, he told my mom, he was just like, yo, I didn't realize this was this bad. I am tired. Mm. I'm really exhausted. Like, don't let them do any more crazy tests on me. She's just like, but I, I, I can't lose you at this point. You're you're my eldest son. I, I can't do that. So when that happened, it was just like our whole family just, like, kind of got demolished because he technically was the glue that kept us together. Like, he really wanted us to be a happy family with each other. We were always spending time with each other, always having little mini family reunions anytime we could get and then it was just like everything kind of crumbled but I think with me because I wanted our family to stay together so badly it was just like 
I know his spirit is here because every now and again, my little brother will sound like him or laugh <laughs> like him or yeah. I'll sound like him. So it's like he's not really gone. He's still here. So we try to make sure that we're good. Yeah. Everybody's good. And, you know, my aunts, you know, they'll hang out as much as they can with each other with my mom because my mom is um, the oldest of five sisters. Oh, wow. <laughs> so okay. with that, you know, she tries to keep up with everybody. But then again, you know, her health is kind of, you know, going a little haywire and i'm like mom we gotta get you healthy because mm. if i have kids i need their grandmother to be here because yes. you leave they're gonna have to put me in straight jacket okay i can't <laughs> lose any more people yeah. i can't <laughs> so yeah definitely for that it was it was it was a low blow because of the fact that he didn't want to tell anybody he was really sick because he was so prideful who he was he would rather see you he would rather you see him in his healthiest at his most you know happiest and when he started you know to start to kind of deteriorate it was just like man you know, this person was so independent and now it's just like he he just can't do it anymore. He's just tired. And when they had to take him off the breathalyzer, it was just like, yeah, we have to let him go because he's he can't make it. It's just nothing we could do. And the day I found out I was at work and I was just like, this just sucks. Yeah. And that day is so vivid for me. I'm just like, man, if I was in a scene where I had to like blo like cry my eyes out, that would be my memory because <laughs> it's so vivid. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, and I look at it like this: he's in a much better place. I know he's he's in heaven, and I know he's looking down on us. Like you guys are okay. Hmm. I'm still here. Don't worry. I'm still here. But I know you guys are okay. Yeah, you guys it certainly are fine. made an impact on you. Absolutely. That's cool. Absolutely. I'm sorry for your loss, though. Thank you. But I'm glad that like you're able to find the good in it as well and honor his memory oh god there's so many memories but the one last memory i remember i did the director showcase that was my first time and i got to work with keon and mm. keon she was heavy 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 in new dawn theater and she actually i got to be in her play our year of director showcase that second play that went on yeah the uh the, the, is this the same year that i was with you mm -hmm. that was i loved that show <laughs> you, you were the person's thoughts or yes. something right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that was fun um that was she actually gave me my like first starring role uh -huh. and it was such a small little snippet but she she was like Sierra I know you could do this I picked you specifically because I know I know your ability you're not afraid of anything I was just like oh when it comes to acting I can't be afraid yeah, I can't right. do it I'm on stage in front of people I don't even know yeah. acting there's no room for fear no room <laughs> so I told him about that he was so ecstatic he was just like Finally, thank <laughs> goodness. So the one moment I'm in the middle of my monologue and in that play, I had so many monologues. I was like, Keon, I'm gonna kill you, but I love you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I was right in the middle of my monologue and he got there a little late. So as soon as I turned my head to the left and my brother had the most beautiful smile you'll ever see on anybody. His teeth were right across his face. And as soon as I saw his smile, I was like, Go time, oh, nice. go time. So yes, he had a big influence on me when it came to acting. I was just like, if I make it in the industry, I know for a fact he got me through that. That's the way I look at it. That's awesome. That's so sweet. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you for sharing your time Thank and your you. energy with me tonight. I had a uh, great time. This was fun. Yeah, it is fun, right? I'll come back if you want to. <laughs> yeah, we'll do part two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. I'll go ahead and end it now. Okay. And I'm just letting you know. I gotta go. 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 Deuces.